The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Now a man was ill, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, The illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this and then told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he was asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death, while they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died, and I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found, Lazarus, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary, said, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd, here I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. The manner in which the dead are treated speaks volumes about the values and the customs of a group and, or or, depending on the person, the importance and the value of that person. We don't need to look much further than the discovery in 1922 uh, by Howard Carter and his team in Egypt of the king of, of the king Tut the Pharaoh, who more or less was lost to history. And yet we know more about this obscure child king than we do about almost every other Pharaoh of Egypt because we found his tomb. And we know more about burial customs and the value of Egyptian culture and religion because of his tomb. Tombs speak volumes. And yet we are Christians. The great symbol of Christianity is the empty tomb. Jesus rises from the dead. Jesus who today says, I am the resurrection and the life. But most of us are plagued by the tomb. We can't escape the tomb. We think often of the tomb, our own tomb, our family's tomb, whatever it may be. What's the deal? St. Thomas Aquinas, in his commentary on this very scripture passage, notes that in the Gospels, in all four of the Gospels, there are three instances where Jesus raises someone from the dead. The first is in the Gospel of Matthew, where the synagogue official comes to Jesus. Jesus goes with him, and with a few people, he raises his daughter from the dead. 
Aquinas interprets this as meaning that the, this young girl was freed and it symbolizes the freedom from those sins of the heart, those sins of consent, those bad thoughts, those things that we never publicly express. That Jesus comes to us in the silence of our hearts, in the quiet, with few people to witness. And he raises us, he resurrects us, he gives us life. The second instance in the Gospels in which someone is raised from the dead by Jesus is in the Gospel of Luke. The widow is carrying, processing her son out to be buried. And Jesus tells him, young man, I tell you, arise. And the young man gets up. For Aquinas, this means that those are the public sins that people are aware of. And so it requires something a little more prominent, something a little more public from Jesus to say, not only can I forgive those sins that you commit in your heart, I can commit those big ones too. I can get rid of those for you as well. And today, we hear the gospel, the third instance of Jesus raising someone from the dead from John's gospel. He raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. And for Aquinas, there's a deep symbolism here in the tomb. That going underground, calling out from the darkness, from the depth, from the dinginess and grossness that is a tomb. And so for Aquinas, this raising from the dead is a symbol of our habitual sin. Those sins that we struggle with every single day. The things that when we go to confession, we confess over and over and over again. And yet, to each and every one of us today, Jesus yells, Jesus implores, Jesus begs us, come out. Bring these to light. Come out of your tomb. Jesus calls each of us. In the gospel, Jesus risks his life to go to Judea, to visit the family, and to call Lazarus back from the dead. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. He doesn't risk it for us. He gives it for us. And so today he calls us to come out. That I have paid the price for you. Bring these to me. Come out from your depths. Come out from your darkness. And offer these to me so that I can give you resurrection. So that I can give you life. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And we, through our baptism, are incorporated into his mystical body. We are a part of Christ. And so we are a part of that resurrection. We are a part of that life. And Jesus is not only principally and essentially resurrection and the life. He is the cause of all resurrection and all life. And he desires to be that cause within each and every one of us. But we need to recognize our habitual sins. We need to do that work of recognizing where am I buried? What have I buried in my life? What do I not want to turn over? What do I not want to bring to life? Maybe I am the gossip at work. Maybe I struggle with drugs or alcohol or any number of the things that can be happening here on a college campus. Maybe I struggle with just working hard enough. Maybe I struggle getting to Mass on Sunday. Maybe I struggle just being a decent husband or wife or mother or father. I don't know what your habitual sin is, but to each of you, Jesus says, come out. Come out. Give these to me. And not only that, but in the gospel, Lazarus comes out and Jesus says, untie him and let him go. We have brothers and sisters who are going to walk with us, who are going to help us. We never go to heaven alone, but we do go to hell alone. 
If we walk with Christ, we walk with our brothers and sisters. They help to untie us. They help to unbind us. They help to bring us life and resurrection in Christ Jesus. And the way that we do this, the fundamental way as Catholics that we do this is the sacrament of confession. In these next few weeks, there's be opportunities. There's opportunity every day of the week here except on Sundays for confession, but in two weeks, or I guess a week and a half now, on the 12th, there will be about nine or ten priests hearing confessions from four in the afternoon until at least nine o'clock at night. Bring your confession. Bring these things to Jesus. Come out of your tomb and let Jesus heal you. Because you are not going to be remembered for your tomb. You will be remembered if your tomb is empty if your tomb is abandoned and you live in the resurrection of Jesus.